What is up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Today, we are interviewing somebody that, honestly, I thought it would take years to get this guy on the podcast. He is a very popular man, a huge following, and um, much to my surprise, he I reached out and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And two days later, we were recording. Um, today's guest is Tavares Gray. And he is a very well-known social media content creator that focuses on Christianity and relationships. He's a former Navy SEAL, and so he's got some really cool insights on that aspect. But ultimately, everything he does comes from a passion of helping and serving people in their relational life. And so he is the founder of Godly Dating 101, which is a very popular Instagram page. They have a YouTube channel. They have a podcast that is like top. 0.05% in the world, something like that. They're just insane in their reach and really their ability to take very complex, sometimes convoluted messages in Christian circles around relationships and distill them into something that's very straight, uh, very applicable, very digestible. And so I really respect him. Uh, Tavares actually started Godly Dating 101 as a single man when he was just kind of fumbling through it himself. And then he did eventually marry someone. He actually married a Jamaican woman. So we kind of have that in common. And uh, and we just had a really good interview. So a couple of things. If you're single, then you need to listen to this episode because this is going to provide you with um, not necessarily like super like, you know, here's like a three-step process to finding the right person to marry. But what it's going to do is give you a little bit of uh, perspective and some mindsets that you'll need to go into dating and doing it the right way. And one of the biggest mistakes we see people make is they just stay in relationships too long. So if you found yourself doing that, or uh, you know you just have a hard time breaking up, or you seem to attract the, the wrong person again and again, then this is going to be a chance for you to really understand what's going on and get some clarity. And you know we debunk some myths and that kind of thing. If you're married, I think there's still some things valuable here. The one thing you want to remember, if even if you're married and you're early on, is one day you will have kids and you will have to teach them how to do dating in a godly way. And one of my mentors is a guy named Seth Dahl. He's someone I really look up to. And, you know, my wife and I don't have kids yet. And his focus is primarily on helping parents raise their children in a godly way. And I asked him, you know, what is the right time to start investing resources and, and learning about about raising kids and stuff because my wife just aren't there yet and you know there's other things that are probably more urgent right now in this season of our life and he was like bro do not waste another minute the more you understand now the better off you'll be when the time comes and so i think um there's there's just a universal applications here regardless of your relationship stage even though we are focusing on dating so without further ado guys this is my interview with tavares gray enjoy So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right. Well, I'm here with my man Tavares Gray from Godly Dating 101. And bro, I've been following you a long time, especially on Insta, but you guys have a killer podcast, YouTube presence as well. And it's a real privilege to have you here, man. Hey, appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. So let's jump right into it. The The main message of all that you guys are doing right now is around dating, not just dating of any kind, but godly dating. Can you tell us a little bit about how this all came about and why godly dating specifically? Yeah, so I started a, a Twitter page with my brother 
10 years ago, exactly, sometime around September 2012, and it was called Anointed Misfits, and we would just stir the pot, talk about biblical subjects. We, we'd we get people upset because we talk about things they didn't want to hear, but then when they get mad, we show them all the scriptures, you know, and they're just looking <laughs> at it like, oh, okay, all right, fine, we can't get mad at them. You know, so that's what we do. We just try to talk, tackle some difficult subjects on Twitter. And then my brother wasn't posting as much. And then I started posting about dating. And I realized anytime I spoke about dating, there would be a whole lot of questions. A whole lot of people saying I never looked at it that way. A whole lot of people say my church never talks about it. You know, and it made me realize that I wasn't the only person who grew up in a church that never really tackled the subject of sex or how to actually date properly. It was just, you know, Christians shouldn't be having sex before they get married. That's all we yeah. really knew, you know? So I realized like, okay, this is something I'm a prayer about. So I spoke to my brother and I'm just like, yo, God is telling me I need to make a page in regards to relationships, you know? And I didn't know how to name it. I was just like, well, I want to date godly. And I thought college classes were called 101 often. So I was just <laughs> like, all right, there we have it. Godly dating 101. You know, so it's just been the last 10 years or so just trying to tackle difficult subjects because I feel as though it's very common. It's common now for people to talk about relationships and pastors to do series on relationships and all those things, but it never happened in the past. And I feel as though a lot of people, they say things that are trendy, clickbait, all of those things. But my goal is that when you hear our podcast, see our page or whatever is going to force you to take inventory, like, okay, well, does this relationship line up with scripture or what we is what we're doing honoring God? You know, so that's just been our whole goal to get people to get their eyes off of, you know, marriage, because I feel like that's kind of become a, a idol in the church, but to get yeah. people back focused on God. And that way he can tell us whether our relationships are pleasing him or not. Yeah, it's really good, man. And um, you said that you started the page when you were single, right? Yeah. That's single, cool. struggling with less. Um <laughs> Nothing is going well in my dating time, you know, <laughs> but I, and, and that's the weird part because I never felt qualified to do it. So I didn't even want to keep the page. There's plenty of times, even to this day, I'm just looking at it like, well, it's amazing that we wrote a book and it's amazing that there are millions of people across all these social media platforms following. But this is just so weird for me because I don't feel like I've arrived, you know, mm. and then, you know, I, I spoke to my mentor way back about it and he was telling me. Majority of the New Testament and the person who speaks about marriage in the New Testament is an unmarried guy. So you're just That's like, true. if God gave you wisdom about it, then, you know, then you use that wisdom, you help people. You know, wow. so it's, it's always a little bit different for me, but it's just good to know that. Um, and obviously, I'm willing to be wrong. You know, anyone can check me or say that as a line of scripture, but it's always good to know that, you know, I'm pushing out something that is what God's word is saying and not necessarily what's socially acceptable or mm. what's the norm or what's popular because of xyz doing it you know so just trying to get people back focused on the word of god it's really good so what does godly dating mean in 2022 is what what are some of the the primary tenets of actually doing this a godly way yeah so for one dating is not in the bible right people still argue with that argue with me about that to this day and i'm just like Guys, I just needed a cool name for the page. All right. I did it. I didn't have I didn't want to start any problems. I didn't say that Jesus was wrong. You know, I'm just like, my thing is we're going to date. Um, majority of us are not in cultures where we're gonna do arranged marriages. Majority of us are going to find somebody we like, avoid people we dislike, and we're gonna pursue or we're gonna entertain. That's how it works for all of us. So my goal and the way I view what godly dating actually means is is what I'm doing aligned with scripture? Because I was telling someone recently, 
that I think the problem we we get wrong in the church is that we compare ourselves. We don't necessarily look to what does the Bible say or what does what what is how how is God pleased with this? But instead, we're looking at oh, okay, I feel as though I'm spiritual because I'm doing more than Sathya, or I'm not as spiritual because I'm praying less than Tavares. We start comparing ourselves to everyone. When Paul says, when you're comparing yourselves, you're not even using wisdom. You know, mm. it's unwise to think you should base your Christianity or base your walk with God based on how others are living. Because the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So at the end of the day, you can claim you're saved because you do more than me. And God will look at you like, dude, I never even knew you because you are never focused on a relationship. You're just focused on, on others. You're just focused on keeping the image. You're just focused on looking spiritual. You know, yeah. so in my opinion, when it comes to godly dating, it's a matter of you're approaching dating in a way that honors God that if it is if it is God's will then it's healthy and it goes towards marriage and if it isn't God's will you two are mature enough to be able to break it apart and it not be animosity and it not be mm. division in the church because in reality there's some people that break up bro and they're never going back to church again all church people are like this that he's supposed to be a pastor's kid she's supposed to have no better she leads praise and worship and we immediately judge God based off one person's bad actions, you yeah. know? So that's why it's like my idea of it is though we approach it with a healthy perspective that we're pursuing after marriage, but if it doesn't work out, you're still a brother or sister in Christ that I can respect you because you weren't trying to, you know, rob my purity. You weren't trying to, you know, pressure me into anything, but you respected me, you know? So just trying to get, get us to love God and love people. At, and, you know, as weird as that sounds, but that's, you know, that's the goal. Yeah, that's really good. When my wife and I were dating, I remember we we told each other, well, I actually said this early on. I said, look, like we're dating with the intent to marry. If at any point this becomes a no for you, all I ask is that you just tell me right away so that we don't waste our time. And I think that falls in line a little bit, at least with what you're saying of like, if it's God's yeah. will, you know, that kind of being like the guidepost as you go through dating. What are what are other ways that people can discern if a relationship is God's will? Because I mean, I've seen some guys I mentor where they're like, this girl's amazing. She's super godly. Um, she's really attractive. We really get along. But man, I just found I found out she like smokes occasionally. I just don't know if I can do it. And it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe some people have deal breakers or whatever. But how do you kind of make that discernment of whether or not something is God's will in the context of a relationship? Well, I think truth be told, we'll never fully know God's will. Right. And I think there's some people that are overly cautious and you know, they need to know every single step before they do anything. That's yeah. not how God always operates. Like in Genesis 12, I always tell people, you know, when God speaks to Abraham, he's like, go get away from your family, your kindred, all those things. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. The Bible says in Genesis 12, one that Moses just gets up, Abraham just gets up and he goes. And it's just like, he doesn't say what direction to go. He doesn't necessarily give up all the details, but he just gets up. And I believe that it's in that obedience in just getting up to go in a direction that God will guide his steps. You know, so I don't know if that will ever know, okay, is this perfect? Because we can honestly feel that way in the beginning, infatuation stage, everything is looking great. And then realize eventually that, oh, this is like an actual nightmare, you know? So I think the goal is being cautious, being patient, and not trying to move ahead of God. Because I think when we rush and we get ahead of God, we ignore all of the red flags, we think that all these bad characteristics they have is, you know, we can help change them. And it's like, no, truth be told, we should not be paying attention to a person's potential. We need to pay attention to the patterns that you're seeing them exhibiting because wow. you want to make sure that this is a person that, yes, he was godly when we met him, but is he godly six months from now when the emotions are stirring? You know, this woman, yes, yeah, she, 
she's modest today, but that day when you may see her, you know, and you may be feeling weak, is she wearing something or doing something to cause you to stumble? So I think it's a matter of being patient and not just making up your mind because when your mind is made up, everything is confirmation. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah, I already know this is God's will. Like everything about this is perfect. We don't question anything because we've already told ourselves like, oh no, this is what I want. This has to be what God has for me, you know, but it's just a matter of understanding that God wants us to be patient. God wants us to not move ahead of him, you know? So there's a lot of things that you can pay attention to. There's some things that I think are, you know, absolute deal breakers. And there's yeah. some things that I believe that, you know, room for improvement. Me and you not believing the same things doctrinally or salvation or the need for church, the need for prayer, anything like that. To me, that's just a deal breaker. You know, I'm not going to, yeah try to make you love God to be with me. You know, I've tried it before and that fails miserably. <laughs> yeah. um, but if we don't believe that you have to pray the same length of time or we don't believe the same thing in regards to, I don't want to say minor subjects because the, nothing in the Bible was just minor. But like, let's just say, I thought, oh, modesty meant this. And you thought modesty meant that. No, that's something that we can work through because we can actually pray about it. We can seek God in the scriptures. We can have godly accountability. So I believe there's a lot that we need to make sure that we're solid on. Amos 3, 3 says, can two walk together except they be in agreement? I don't believe that you can go towards a godly marriage unless there are certain things that are flat out. We view it the same. And then there's some things where you need to just be patient because I feel as though none of us are on like the same level of maturity. You know what I mean? But that also begs a, another question. Why are you mature in the spirit dating somebody who's a babe in Christ? You know, that's a whole different yeah. story. But it, it does make us realize that there's some things that are deal breakers, some things that are negotiable, you know, and just and the, the key is just not confusing those. Because mm. I think a lot of people end up single because they're non-negotiables. It's her looks, her curves, her, her this, her that. And it's just like, what about her character? What about, you know, her her heart for God? You know, those are the things that are just non-negotiable, you know? So it's yeah. just a matter of that. And I think that's how we should kind of approach the situation. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, um, the thing that I always tell my guys and my wife and I had this approach in our relationship is you marry somebody's character. Like mm -hmm. mo most of the other things fade away. But if you're really playing the long game here, you're marrying their character. What yeah. do you say to a guy who's like, oh, but what if I'm not physically attracted to someone like... We get along great. We joke around. I feel the connection, but I'm not physically attracted. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Attraction is a huge part of marriage. I don't think anyone just wakes up, you know, speaks in tongues the entire day. Like, no, you want to be attracted to your spouse. You know, I get I get that. But I think a huge issue is why? Uh, why, why is that our perspective or why is that the main thing? And I think a lot of it is rooted in our lust. A lot of it is rooted in perversion. Because like, all right, so where I grew up, you know, Miami, you know, I don't want to say the time. I don't know what it is, but this is this is all over. But darker skinned women were not viewed as beautiful. It was a lighter skinned woman. So, yes, she's black, but she had to be lighter skinned. She had to look a certain way. And if she was darker, she was made fun of. No one treated her as though she was beautiful. Now, when we're 20s, 30s, not a black woman is getting love. And it's just like. She was still just as beautiful 10 years ago. But that shows me the reason why we couldn't find them attractive is because we were hearing from other sources. That's not what true beauty is. Mm. We were hearing from media. The main woman in the show wasn't a, a darker skin woman, was a lighter skin. So we we automatically attribute it to, oh, the, the main woman in our lives should look a certain way. And I think a lot of times when we're saying I'm not attracted to someone, it's not necessarily that they're not attractive. 
it's that your mind of what attraction truly is or what beauty really is sometimes is skewed. You know, like there's a woman we know common sense. She can be curvy, perfect, all those things. But if she's modest, her Instagram probably gets eight likes. The yeah. moment sis shows up in that bikini or or whatever it is, and it's just revealing or side post that kind of shows the body, all of a sudden she gets all the likes, all the attention. She was the same beautiful woman, but we didn't view her beauty until she she started being immodest. We didn't view her a certain way until she appeased our flesh. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why I think a lot of times we're, we're driven by lust when we make those comments. Now, I'm not saying... God doesn't care about your preferences. I believe God does want you to be attracted to your spouse, but I also believe beauty grows. Attraction grows. When you're attracted to someone, listen, my wife is just as beautiful when she's all dolled up in her best outfit and when she's ready for bed in pajamas, you know, and it's just like, or a bonnet on or whatever, because that is what I love. That is what I'm attracted to. So I'm not saying, you know, guys, this is a sign from God to go find that woman you're not attracted to and all those things. I don't want anyone to misrepresent what I'm saying, but I do yeah. want to make it clear that we cannot be driven by, they need to have those curves. They need to have that height. They need to have that type of hair or any of those things to be considered beautiful. We need to make sure that we aren't being driven by lust that we are not allowing Hollywood to tell us what's beautiful or the, the porn star to tell us, oh, that's what true attraction is. Majority of the stuff we're seeing is fake. The models we're seeing in these magazines, after all the, the Photoshop, after all the makeup, they don't even look like themselves anymore. So mm -hmm. we cannot allow Hollywood to define what beauty is for us. We cannot allow television to define what beauty is. And if at the end of the day, you're not attracted to someone, you're not attracted to someone. It is what it is. Yeah. But I don't want anybody to look at a woman like she's ugly or look at a guy like he's ugly or all that. And it's like, why? Oh, he doesn't look like, you know, the famous movie star. Well, God didn't create him to be him, you know, and God creates all of us different. I believe that all of us have beauty. You know, we just can't allow society to tell us what beauty truly is. Yeah, it's really good. So we're dealing with uh, an interesting time and generation where a lot of people are getting exposed to porn at a young age. I think porn is is conditioning a lot of like I like I appreciated your take on that. Like I think sometimes we just get too caught up in our lust when we're making decisions yeah. about dating. Because actually we've been conditioned that way from a very, very young age, no matter you know yeah. how godly you are. I mean, I was a pastor's kid, grew up in the church, got exposed to porn in my Christian school. Um, and so I think I think that's happening more and more. And I know you talked as well about, you know, while you were single, lust was a, a struggle and an issue. What are you observing, um, like in the people that you guys are working with that are reaching out to you on your platforms? Um, are, are people finding ways to, to work through it in relationships? Are people staying single until they get it sorted? What's kind of the MO? And I guess, what do you guys recommend for people that are in that position themselves? I think there are some people that are there. I feel like they're more so rushing into relationships because they're feeling as though, okay, well, if I have somebody, I won't be tempted to do those things. But, and I know it sounds cliche, but lust doesn't die when you get married, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel as though a lot of them think that. And I had to learn that because we don't crucify your flesh. You think the other women in the world are just unattractive the moment you get married that's not how <laughs> life works you know that it just yeah. doesn't happen that way you know and i know some people that we speak to and they're like well should i break up with him he has a porn addiction all those things when someone has a porn addiction i 100 percent tell them you need to break up and allow that person to find deliverance because i believe that that's a stronghold that can't the thing about porn is it's like it rewires your mind and obviously you work with this stuff way more than i do but it's like a drug so we think 
uh, some, uh, someone on cocaine out, never date someone who's doing meth. If you look at their brain scans, it's going to be very similar because the way porn, it, it feeds the mind. It's like it rewires them to view people as objects. They're not even viewing you as the potential spouse, but they're viewing yeah. you, objectifying you as in a way of meeting what I want. You know, unfortunately, porn is it becomes about self. It becomes about how do I serve me? How do I feed what I like? How do I feed what I desire? You know, so I always tell people when I see you struggling with this, you have to find freedom first. And mm. I'm not saying a godly relationship is it going to challenge you? Is it going to correct you and all those things? But a godly relationship, it should not be one person trying to make the other person serve God. But you need to make sure that you both, because there were times when, you know, even dating, you know, my wife, and I'm just looking at it like, bro, I'm letting her suffer like, man, times are hard right now. You know, we can't, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I want to be on FaceTime right now. Like, that's how difficult things are. But I needed someone who's willing to not compromise with me. Yeah. When I'm so tempted, you know, and that's the reason why it's like when you have that problem, you're either going to cause a, 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 a spiritual person to stumble or you're going to you're not going to be able to build them up, obviously, or it's just going to be friction because you're going to constantly want that, you know, and then when you're not getting it from them, that's when you turn back to the magazine, to the show yeah. um, and all kind of outlets. And that's yeah. the reason why I tell people you have to be willing to get your flesh under control. Actually. My Bible is set to it right now. First uh, Corinthians 9, I'll read 24 through 27. Um, and it talks about discipline in the NLT. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And Paul is teaching about the need for discipline in our Christian journey. And I don't think a lot of Christians understand that is a huge key to living for mm -hmm. God. Because we'll go to the altar call. We're like, God, I need deliverance. God, I need freedom. And you just bawl your eyes out, snot bubbles. You're speaking in tongues. And you go home and the temptation is still there. Because yeah. it wasn't the demon that you needed to buy. Sometimes it's the discipline that you need to implement. You When mm -hmm. you don't cut off those triggers... When we don't cut off certain relationships, we don't cut off certain shows. And you may think this is not even porn. Yes, but they're naked in the show. They're talking about fornication in the show and it's causing something. It's a seed that's being planted in your heart that the enemy is constantly trying to water with the things of this world that is going to affect your relationship. You know, and there are some times when I wish I could say I had it all together. Godly dating had it all together. No, there's plenty of women I caused to stumble because I'm being driven by my flesh. And there's so many people. Unfortunately, when you don't know the word of God for yourself, they'll try to manipulate verses, you know, and mm. it's like, a, oh, well, we can repent after. It's no big deal. Come on now. God forgives, yeah. you know, and it's like if you're dating that, you are going to lose your way so quickly. When we look at the Garden of Eden, the serpent is like, did God really say that? He just knows you're going to be like him. He doesn't want you to be great. And that's what the enemy tells us. Church people, man, they always hate it. They don't want you to go to church. They, they don't want you. They don't want you to do anything but go to church. They don't want you to watch porn. Porn is not a bit wrong. It's educational. That's the what the enemy tries to tell you, not realizing he's destroying us in the process. Mm. You know, so I don't tell people that are struggling with that to rush into a relationship, but you have to rush to get back into God's presence because only He can destroy all those mentalities. When it's spiritual strongholds and when the spirits and demonic spirits is there, He can destroy them. And when it's bad habits that you really need counseling from, or, you know, obviously I don't 
tell people to avoid therapy, but God is, you know, the, the mighty counselor, you know, the Bible makes it clear that yeah. he's able to free us from these things, you know? So we have to be willing to allow God to break certain chains because I feel as though that's such a dangerous one to get into marriage. Mm. And if you get into marriage with it, it, it doesn't end. It's still there. It's something you still have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good point. I think it's something that's often overlooked. Like marriage is a magnifier, right? Like if it's a problem yeah. now, it's just a bigger problem later. Um, what about for people, I, I know we're kind of drifting away from dating a little bit, but I guess no, people, good. people who get engaged, uh, maybe people go into marriage and their partner doesn't know that they've struggled. Uh, this is a story we hear a lot with our client base is, yeah, you know, we had the one conversation when we got engaged. I kind of told mm -hmm. her it was a thing, but I had it under control and I really didn't. Now it's five years in, the marriage is starting to deteriorate. Maybe they got caught. Um, what do you tell somebody? Let, let's not maybe go into the marriage realm, but even when people are engaged, um, how open should these conversations be about people's struggles in this area? Um, and, you know, sexual past, all that kind of stuff. What what should those conversations look like? All right. So um, in regards to dating, because I know that's a whole different ball game when you're married and you're in that. Um, yeah. When you're dating or close to the engagement, where you are engaged. I tell people, listen, if if you ever wanted an opportunity to run, now is definitely the time. Yeah. Now, if you two are realizing that, no, this is a, a good relationship outside of this issue, I believe things are healthy. I believe that, you know, we can serve God together. Then I say that definitely stick through it. You can help them. But it also takes that person wanting to, to be freed themselves because I can try as much as I want to get her to, to not be immodest, to get her to not walk in lust, to get her to, but if she doesn't choose to, is, is this going to be a revolving door? You know? Mm. So when you're in those shoes, I would just say, make the conscious efforts to be free like make the make the intentional effort to be freed you know because i believe that you know freedom freedom you know god gives freedom in a moment but i believe that all of this stuff happens you know over time i don't think I, I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to phrase it properly like you can be saved in a moment but sanctification is a lifetime you know and yeah. i think a lot of times we we view it as though Oh man, now you're a Christian. You shouldn't have any of those problems. No, I, I, a lot of Christians have problems, you know. But my thing is, I want you to understand that if this person is not making the effort, then you shouldn't be wasting your time dating them, you know. So mm. I, I would say, I need to actually see you. I, I would say, I wouldn't tell somebody this on my first date, right? I'm not telling you. I need to be able to see this is, oh, this is some, this is going somewhere. Then I can be open, right? I would be open. When, you know, weeks in, months in, when I feel as though, okay, we have chemistry, I feel like trust is being built because there's some people you can tell and they'll either try to take advantage of that, you know, and unfortunately, you're already a person that's struggling. So you may not even view it as though they're taking advantage of you or there's some people that may try to, you know, embarrass you. Unfortunately, that that does happen sometimes as well. You know, they make fun of you, throw it back in your face, tell other people, you know, so make sure it's trust that's built when you dive into these things and then when it comes to you know expressing this i would say you have to be willing to have accountability and vulnerability because a lot of people they say they have accountability partners but all you have are friends that tell you hey good job bro or hey don't do that no yeah. you need actual accountability partners and the, yeah. the person you're i don't think the person you're dating is, is the best accountability partner because i would rather be the same gender somebody preferably older than you someone who 
who, who probably admits that they've been delivered from it because it makes it easier for you to realize I can be freed as well. Yeah. But I would say have somebody that can be in your face and not saying, Hey, did you look at less? Did you uh, think about lustful thoughts recently? No, not. I don't view that as accountability. I view it as, Hey, did you watch porn today? Tavares? Hey, right. when is the last time you watched porn? Be specific. Someone literally saying, Hey, when the last time you two hung out, were your hands um, above the table? You know what I mean? Someone who's mm-hmm. willing to be upfront and make sure they're asking the hard questions, because if you're going to date someone who's who's being free from that, you need to see that they're actually making every effort to not go back to it. You know, so I I, I don't know if there's a, a perfect way to handle that. All I can say is I believe that there's some people that want to be freed because I genuinely believe there's a difference between falling into sin and deliberately living in it. You know, and right. if the person fell into sin or a person had a relapse or a person, you know, they're looking like, because I, it's, it's so easy for me to feel as though, and I went back to porn today, like I'm a failure. I feel as though nothing I've done with God this week mattered at all. But you don't realize the reason why you probably went back is because your brain has already been wired to know that at a specific time, specific mm-hmm. place, at a specific feeling, this is when, what we do next. So your yeah. brain has already made a habit of it. That's how habits work. Like your brain is telling you, this is what you do. None of us wake up and think, I need to brush my teeth. No, you've made a habit of it. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> doing it every single day. So it's easy for you to just quickly relapse and then realize like, I realized I saw something on Twitter and I, I had to tell my wife, I was just like, like pray with me because I didn't get off quick enough. And I had to be willing to be vulnerable enough to admit because I don't want you to feel as though I'm hiding that. But at the same time, I didn't realize that whenever I went on Twitter at a certain time, it would mm. be certain things I'm either seeing or thinking. And that's when I realized, OK, well, I need to remove myself from that. You know, so whenever it's a certain time, I'm not going on it whenever it's or when I see that, oh, it's coming from a specific account, I'm not going to follow it. So you have to make sure if you're going to date this person, are they unfollowing all the naked images? Are they letting go of some of the music that's stirring sexual thoughts? Have they let go of that Netflix account when all they're watching is rated R? And dude, PG-13 is inappropriate on some of these networks. Seriously. But you have to see I'm making a conscious effort. And I believe that as long as a person is trying, that's something that, you know, God is constantly working on him. That shows a sanctification process. So I can be patient with that. But if you're saying that you had that issue in the past, but I got it under control and you're liking all the naked women on social media, you're following all the fitness accounts that show their butt all day. Like that's when a a woman shouldn't take us seriously as men. And that's when we shouldn't believe that she's serious about, you know, walking in purity herself. Okay. So that's actually really helpful because I I think um, earlier, I know you were saying like, if you have a porn addiction, it's better to not date, uh, which I would totally agree. But But I think what I also hear you saying is if you go further in a relationship and then you're finding out this person has had a history with that. They're making improvements. They're making an effort towards it. Yeah. It's not necessarily a deal breaker so long as they're actually doing what they say they're doing and they're being intentional about it. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And I say, and I say that also because when you think about it, I, and, and bear in mind, I'm not saying Paul's issue was some type of sin. Um, no one knows what the thorn in his flesh was in 2 Corinthians 12. But the right. Bible makes it clear that Paul asked God to free him from something. And God told him, nah, my grace is sufficient. You know, so... I'm going to give you the grace to get through your moments of weakness. So I believe that many people, we have our issues. Some of us, our thorn is lust. Some of us, our thorn is um, a sickness. God will allow you to have a sickness because it's going to force you to lean on him, to depend on him. If I know I have an issue with lust, what the enemy is going to try to make me feel as though I'm not a real Christian, not a real Christian, you know, I'm a failure. What God wants you to see is you have an issue. So now you must depend on me. 
Now, don't tell me, oh, take away my, take what people say, take away my sexual desire. God is not taking that away. Dude, if you get married, you're going to need that. But God <laughs> is going to say, because you have an issue, it's going to force you to pray. And that way, I believe what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn around for our good. So you view it as a weakness, but it's actually your strength if it leads you to prayer. So mm -hmm. I believe that many of us, we do have issues, but I may not watch porn anymore, but I'm probably not watching it because I'm praying. So God will real God. I feel like many of us will feel like failures, but God wants you to see it as though it's causing you to seek me. So that is working in your favor. So that's the reason why I'm like, I don't view that as a deal breaker because it's forcing that person to have to depend on God. And if they did not have that issue, then they want to be praying. They want to be fasting. They want to be seeking God. So that's just how I view it. Yeah, that's good. Really, really good. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, relationships starting to get serious and people trying to make that decision of like, is this the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with? Um, I know we, we haven't even talked about this, but a lot of uh, Christians out there also believe in the one. Um, mm -hmm. I personally don't really subscribe to that. I'm not sure where you where you land with that. I think I know. But I'm wondering if you can talk into all of this and kind of just demystifying some of that process and what it looks like to just, you know, reach that place where you're ready to commit. What should people be thinking about? Yeah, so it's definitely a weird subject because I 100% don't believe in the one. But I also know God is sovereign, you know, yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I, know. I know God has it all figured out and I know he knows what we're going to do. So I'm just yeah. like, this is such a tricky subject. But I genuinely don't believe that if I didn't marry my wife, you know, that, oh, that means I would never be in God's will. I would never have, you know, godly children. I'd never be able to fulfill my purpose. And I be and I don't believe that because I married her, her life is just so complete. I believe if she married another godly guy that she could go on to serve God. She could go on to make a difference. So I don't believe that it's a specific one. I think it's a matter of two people 100% committed to one another, 100% committed to God. And I believe that's what God gets glory out of because you can marry the perfect person and the relationship is a disaster because you think it's a fairy tale. God is not trying to give you a fairy tale. You know, so I don't think the one is necessarily biblical. I don't, uh, you know, I don't think that's something that, you know, it works out because so many of us as sinful and as foolish as we are, we would have destroyed you know, God's will a long time ago, and then it messed it up for everyone else. Yeah, um, exactly. But when it comes to knowing if, you know, you're the um, a person is the one, I think it's just a matter of paying attention to um, all the characteristics that's needed in a spouse, you know, because the Bible says he that finds a, well, I find, you find a good thing, you know, the goal is that that woman, it brings God's favor into your life. The woman helps you fulfill your purpose. But a lot of times we focus on looks, we focus on the things of this world. But I believe that the same way God presented Eve, he brought her as a helper. Adam was fulfilling a mission and he brought Eve to help him continue what he was doing. So when I know I found a one, when I feel like I found a one, I'm finding someone who is not just compatible because compatibility changes because we're going to be different people in 10 years, but yeah. someone who's suitable for your ministry. Like I genuinely feel as though, because I started this ministry when single, so I felt like there were some people that saw the page take off and now all of a sudden they're interested. Maybe they don't care anything about me, but they wanted someone with a platform. So some people were interested just because of status. And I believe some people would be interested in you just because of looks, but you have to find someone who helps you serve, helps you grow, helps you operate in ministry because right. if you can marry someone and they can literally be the downfall of your ministry. The mm. downfall of Samson was the woman he decided to date. And I don't believe he had to date this woman in order to do what God called him to do. We yeah. see David, he's praising God and everybody's celebrating because the ark is coming back. And the one person criticizing him is his wife. 
And God says, okay, you want to be critical. You want to have a critical spirit with the glory of God coming back. And now you're going to be barren until the day that you die. You don't want to marry someone who's barren because they're criticizing your walk with God, criticizing your commitment with God. I want to make sure that when the storms come, I'm not hearing a Job's wife type of comment. You're trying to keep your integrity. Dude, just curse God. No, I want to be able to know that my wife is there on my side or for the ladies listening, that my husband is on my side saying, we will get through the storm. I don't know what this season is, you know, that we're dealing with. I don't understand it either, but God is on our side. God is for us. You know, you need someone who's able to walk in the spirit, think in the spirit, live in the spirit as well. Not someone who's just pretty, you know? So yeah. when you're thinking about the one I saw and it was around the time I was in the military and I felt like I had plenty of options and I don't care to, you know, run around just sleeping around and you know, just dating a girl because I felt like there were some women I would find out was spiritual and I didn't feel like I was attracted or had anything in common with them. And there are some women who I felt like they were extremely beautiful and I never felt like they were, you know, spiritual. But then I felt like I found all of that in my wife and we were already friends for a few years. So I'm just cool. like, this is perfect. I feel as though this is helping me be who God has called me to be. And I genuinely believe majority of everything done with this page is because of my wife being in the picture. And she didn't join the picture until the ministry was four years old, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I genuinely believe that it, it really matters on who you marry. Because I've seen some people turn away from God because of who they married. And I've seen plenty of people that it's common sense that if he did not marry that girl, he mm. would have been a hot mess, you know, <laughs> absolute train wreck. But because they connected to one another, they're growing, they're raising, they're discipling their kids. So I think it's important to pay attention to the fruit that you're seeing and is this person helping me be who God has called me to be? And can I help her or can I help him be who God who be who they were created to be and not who I want them to be? Not try to turn them into the person that fits my ideal and try to make them be my standard. But are we put are we at odds with one another or is God pleased when we're connected? And I think that's what we need to focus on when it's time for marriage. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I like what you're implying as well, which is that if you're going to date seriously, you actually have to know your own purpose and the things God's yeah. called you to as well. You don't have to have it all figured out, right? But I think some clarity yeah. there is going to help you so you can find out how aligned you guys really are, right? Yeah, yeah, because um, I think it's weird because some people will say, like I always said, I'll never be a pastor. That's just, I don't have the patience for people. You know, my wife is always like, <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever want to be a pastor's wife, you know, and like, <laughs> but people always call me pastor and always call her pastor's wife even before we got together. So what are the odds that we've operated in like youth pastoral ministry? You know, and so it's just like, it's weird. You never really know how uh, things will go in the future. True. But the thing is, I don't know if, I don't want people to say, well, I'm, well, I feel like I'm called a pastor. I feel like I'm called to be a missionary. So I better find a woman who knows all the Bible verses in the church. That's not what I'm saying. But mm -hmm. you need to have somebody with a kingdom mindset, with a servant mindset. I believe it was Isaac who, when they found Rebecca, um, and she's like, okay, well, let me get the water, get the water for the um, camels. It's so many gallons that a camel can drink before they're fully satisfied. And she made sure every camel was taken care of. And the servant was taken care of. So he, they didn't just find a woman that was beautiful in the town, but they found a woman with a servant's heart. So mm. as long as you're finding someone with a willingness to grow, with a willingness to serve, then you found someone that whatever, wherever God takes you is not a stumbling block. Because I, I, I know a, I know a minister, it's the last part I'll say, I know a, a, a guy, he evangelized across the world, so many different countries. And it was just like, how did you know who you were supposed to marry? 
And he was like, he made it clear to his wife, we're not getting married. We're not even getting engaged if you're going to have a problem with me traveling the world to be an evangelist. Right. And she had no problem with it. And she also felt she felt a call, a burden for missions. And they start traveling the world together, you know, and they they didn't even date. And, you know, it wasn't even a long process for them. But now I believe they're like 10 years. They have their um, kids or whatever. But it's the fact that he knew what God called him to do. And he was just like, well, I have to have someone with the same mindset, because if he married someone who had a problem with him leaving home or leaving the state or anything like that, then he would feel as though now I have to ignore God to please my wife or have to please my wife by ignoring God. And it's just like, you don't want to be at odds with someone. So if you can find what God is calling you to do, and that and it helps as well, because you don't want to place your relationship on a pedestal. A lot of people, their their worth and their identity is in their relationship rather than God. So yeah. now when they break up, now they're suicidal. They're, they're, they just feel so lost. They feel as though God doesn't love them. When in reality, no, you just took your identity, you took your worth and your perspective off of God and you put it in a person. So yeah. it's so important for us to try to learn what God has called us to do, because then we know that we have God on our side and we won't be as desperate for someone. But we'll know that whoever he brings is adding to our life and it's not necessarily our life itself. That's so good, man. Um, we don't always do this, but I'm wondering if you can pray for the people listening uh, because I know there's going to be people here who are single. Um, I'm thinking especially yeah. actually of, you know, people are staying single a lot longer. I don't know exactly all the reasons for it. It's different, but I just know there's people here that want to meet their partner. They want to do dating right and I think often um, struggles with lust keep keep guys like, you know, arm's length from any opportunities. And yeah. so, you know, if they're listening to this podcast, they're obviously going to put in the work. But I wonder if you can pray for them and the relationships as well. Yeah, man, no problem. Father, we thank you for your goodness, mercy and grace, Lord God, for every listener that's here. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you will give them the grace that they need to get through these seasons. God, there's so many people struggling with their identity, with lust, Lord God, with fear afraid to get their heart broken again, afraid to be rejected, whatever it is, God, you see every season that they're in and you see the struggles that they have, God, but we know that we have a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Every issue that we're going through, God, you understand, Lord God, and you have the grace that we need, Lord God, the grace that can meet every single issue, Lord God, to strengthen us so we can overcome, God. So I pray right now for those who feel lost. I pray that you order their steps. I pray that you will guide them. I pray that you will give them peace in their spirit. Lord God, those who are in negative relationships, ungodly relationships, toxic, harmful environments, God, I pray that you'll open their eyes so that they can see the issues, that they will either fix it and get it back towards you, or they will get out of it, God, and find what your will is, God. I pray that you will guide them, Lord God, and I pray every person who is lost, Lord God, every person who feels hopeless, who feels helpless, God, who doesn't feel as though you are with them. We pray, Lord God, that you will touch them today. Lord God, we pray that you will order their steps and help them to be who you've called them to be. I pray that you'll give them direction, help each of us to walk in our purpose, God, so that we're not rushing towards the wrong relationships or rushing towards the things of this world that may not even satisfy. We pray that you will guide us, God, and we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And the book is called Godly Dating 101. Uh, how else can people connect with you, Tavares, if they want to find out more about you guys? Yeah. So on, on all social media networks, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Godly Dating 101. Um, I don't understand TikTok, so you don't have to follow me there. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, definitely get the book. I believe it'll get you a right kingdom perspective on dating, Godly Dating 101. That's on Amazon or wherever you buy books. And I hope you enjoy it. Perfect, man. Yeah, we'll put links for everything in the show notes. Uh, but dude, thanks so much for your time today. This was awesome.
Appreciate you having me, bro. Well, there you have it. That was my interview with Tavares Gray. And man, just a really down-to-earth guy with a lot, a lot of wisdom and insights and really appreciated his take. Um, You guys should go check out his Instagram page. They have like... I think it's over 700,000 followers there. And so there's a lot of good content that people obviously are resonating with. Um, We'll put a link to the podcast as well. He and I are going to work on setting up a time there. So you might see yours truly pop up every once in a while. And if maybe in this conversation you're hearing him talk about dating, talking about, you know, getting porn out of your life before you really take things seriously or getting it cleaned up before you go to the next step and you need some help with that, I want to encourage you to check out the Last Relapse book. That is a resource we put together. spent over 10 grand on it just to get really clear information of our system, how we walk people through the recovery journey from start to finish. You can get it completely free of charge at thelastrelapsebook.com my gift to you. And so um, again, like if you're ready to to get married one day or you're ready to meet the woman that God has for you and, and to really step into that part of your life a little bit more, then you don't want to go in there with pornography or any kind of sexual misbehavior lingering because it's going to cause some major problems later on. And The Last Relapse Book is a great way for you to tackle those things head on. So that's thelastrelapsebook.com. Much love to you guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.